Welcome, everybody, to another installment of Innovation Crush. I'm Chris Denson, uh, in, in case you even cared. Uh, to my left is Tamika Key. Say hello, Tamika. Hello, everyone. She's my lovely guest co-host today. I'm excited about that. Are you? Yeah, really. You don't You don't look it, but, <laughs> I, but I believe you for some reason. Um, tell, tell us a little bit about you. I, I, I know some good stuff and some good secrets, but you, you, you give me the, the 101 on, uh, on Tamika. I am a former analyst and journalist covering technology, everything from video games and, um, and advertising to sort of deals and deal makers. Now I am a freelance consultant. Told you I cut you off. No, I'm just kidding. No, no. <laughs> no, no. For a variety of companies um, in, the, in the advertising and technology space. Awesome. Yep. So you're going to have a ball today. Yes. This is, uh... We're talking to lots of interesting people. I'm yes. Excited. And two, and if, if, speaking of one, Andy Timiner, hello. hello. How are you? Hello, hello. Can I call? What's your middle name? Doane? Doane. 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 Yeah. I, said, I had it all wrong in my head. Um, Somebody added that on Wiki. I know. Was it? I don't know who. To, to much to your chagrin, or do you? Or you don't mind? I don't mind. It's, okay. Uh, it's my mother's maiden name as well. It's the Scottish Irish uh, side being represented, and the last name's the Russian side. Nice. So, have you been over to either of those territories? I've been to both. Oh, nice. All three that I listed. <laughs> so you're so well traveled. Well, it's part of being a documentary filmmaker. Yes, isn't it? Yeah. I know. So, uh, speaking of, we were talking a little bit uh, about your travels to Sundance, right? Um, which is kind of like your—I uh, don't know—it's kind of like the the prom queen returning back to the high school because you're the you're kind of like the poster child for what success at Sundance or in filmmaking and documentary um, filmmaking is. So, just talk a little bit about you know your uh, your history as a filmmaker and just like your 10 year anniversary at, at Sundance which is, sounds awesome. Yeah, it was really a, a fantastic Sundance for me and I've been almost every year recently because I host a show called BYOD Bring Your Own Doc. Yes. We shoot at Sundance South by Tribeca um, and we also have a studio in Beverly Hills, so we do weekly shows. Um, we have about 127 so far. Um, Are you serious? So, yeah. So I, this is my third. <laughs> it was my fourth Sundance. Yes. Uh, shooting that show. Okay. But ten years ago, I brought Dig to Sundance, and uh, and literally had given birth to my son the very week I finished that film because it was no coincidence. I was not going to bring. Uh, this rock saga into motherhood. It was right. like the two things had to be, but lo and behold, of course I did and cut right. to me like breastfeeding two weeks later, you know, with the baby <laughs> and the hand on the avid. Cause I was the editor. As oh well. man. Yeah. And uh, it got into Sundance. It just corresponded with the birth of the baby. And I didn't ever know what that would do to my life or how that would affect my life. But at 11 weeks, my son was 11 weeks old. He took his first trip to Utah and, uh, you know, I thanked him when I won the grand jury prize for the deadline I couldn't push. Nice. Yeah. And uh, and then he was in 17 countries by the time he was two. And, uh, you know, everything just kind of went from there. And this last decade of my life has been an extraordinary journey. And a lot of it kicked off at Sundance. So it was very emotional right. seeing many of the people that I've come to know and love, whether they're programmers or filmmakers or producers or distributors. Well, Sundance uh, is like a, just a, it feels like a big summer camp, right? In the snow. That's one, just one of the big, it was, it's so fun. It's so lively. And kind of like you said, you, you bump into people so organically, but I can just imagine being there and it's like a milestone, you know, time for you. Yeah, it was very emotional. And, and uh, you know, seeing people like Morgan Spurlock, who he was the class of 2004 also, you know, he came with Super Size Me, I came with Dig, we were in competition. 
when nice. he won Best Director, I thought I was going to, I couldn't believe it. I was like, what? 30 <laughs> days eating hamburgers? And I've been like seven years with these bands. And then I won the Grand Jury Prize and he was like, what? You know, it was funny. Exactly. But now, but we're, you know, colleagues so you guys for 10 know, you, years and I mean, friends. And, you know, he hugged me at the CNN party and was like, oh, my life wouldn't be the same. He had a little right. bit to drink, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, put him on blast. What emotional. else did he do that was I awful? love Morgan. Nothing was awful. No, he's we awesome. Danced, and we sang some very, you know, we sang like Aha and Bon Jovi, things that, you know, should stay in Park City and not be on the show. But anyway, um, so there was that. And, and then, uh, you know, five years ago, I won Sundance for We Live in Public, which is right. really a, a very intense, dark tale mm-hmm. about the future of the Internet, which and our, mm. our willingness to trade our privacy and eventually our freedom for the recognition and connection we so dearly crave right. online. And that, uh, you know, that film was like a prophecy and it really it's all was. come true. And so in the in the Sundance preview episode that we shot with the programmers that we do every year for BYOD, right. they pointed out that there were three very dark internet movies at Sundance this year and that We Live in Public had kind of come to roost. And there's, you know, there were, there's a film called Web Junkie mm-hmm. that's about like 400 camps in China right. where kids who are addicted to the internet are sent and the, literally, it's like a boot camp, prison camp. Have you heard of this? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, yes, I'll that's let you continue. It just, I, no, because no, you were nodding your head. I'm like, I didn't know that there was yeah. like a. Oh, yeah. I didn't know anything about yeah. it until I covered that movie. Um, fascinating. That is know? fascinating. Um, uh, and then there's, of course, Aaron Schwartz. Yes. Um, Brian Knappenberger, who's a great filmmaker, um, made, that, made that film, Internet's Own Boy. So anyway, it was just a great Sundance, and now I'm off to South by Southwest. I have a short right. inside the festival as well. I'm premiering a short film about Shepard Ferry there called Obey the Artist. It was just announced this week. Nice. And, uh, yeah. And, um, and, I, and I love that festival. Talk about summer camp. South by Southwest is something else again. I'm and going for my first time this year. Well, first time this there. year. Yeah, I know. We always film, well, high five well, each other on the streets. We film a total disruption there too, because it's obviously it's like it's film and, yes. and interactive film and tech are together from the seventh to the eleventh, and then it takes over then the music thing. So there's like this hackathon thing happening in the music thing that they're trying to talk me into filming and staying in town. But yep. essentially, I'll be totally, I don't know what I'll have to like the roll me out at that point because. The whole film tech thing is just overwhelming every year. It's amazing because I do a total disruption, which right. is a, a portal that I've created for entrepreneurs and innovators, and I shoot a lot of people at South by. And then I also am presenting a total disruption short. I mean, Shepherd your schedule Curry. is like out of control. It's because of the internet. <laughs> that's that's um, Donald Glover's album cover title. Too. Is it? It's yes. Because of the internet? Because of the internet. And, and it's just kind of like, to your point, like all these behaviors and how things are blowing up and how busy we've become, you know, as a result of laptop, you know, my laptop and my phone are right here in front of me and a pen and a piece of paper. And that's <laughs> all like, you need. Right. You could go anywhere and do the show from anywhere. And it's that's true. the difference now. That's yeah. one thing is it's location agnostic. But right. the other thing is the democratizing opportunity it's given to everyone. Right. You know, and especially to chief executive artists like ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, who are literally, and I call us CEAs because mm-hmm. we have to be, right? you know, we have to kind of figure well, out do. our business. I, you know, I've said it a lot, you know, when the studios and networks were complaining that, oh, you know, the YouTube generation, there's a whole new, 
generation of creators that are out there making stuff and now we've got to find a way to compete with a Toby Turner, right, who's, you know, massive on a YouTube platform. But, um, you know, but I like the fact that you said that it actually puts the onus on the higher level creatives to create better. Right. Um, well, you, have to, you also have to create and, and monetize at the same time. And I think that's a challenge that some artists and creatives struggle with. Right. It's, it's I want to create this yeah. platform, but I also have to think about the audience that I'm going to create that I'm creating it for. I have to think about how I'm going to distribute it, how I'm going to market it. And not everyone. I don't think everyone has all of those pieces in place. Some people do. Right. Like you clearly are creative, but you also have a business mind because you've created these platforms. Right. But I don't know that all creators have that. They have they have the ability to now. But I think that it's it's an it's an interesting type of person that has all of those. Right. You know, it's the it's I'm, I'm, I think it really if you don't, you got to find a partner who mm-hmm. does yeah. because I mean it's it's that's the way to not only survive but thrive these days. You have got to, and so we're creating a course. Actually, what you just said is is a great segue to this. Um, I wasn't even thinking to mention this, but um, we're creating a course for content creators. Mm-hmm. That's mm. called Lean Content. With Eric Reese, uh, okay. co-authored like the lean that. Startup. He wrote oh, Lean wow. Startup, and so he and I co-authored this thing, and we're both on camera presenting it. And it's a ten-segment course, first ever online course for content creators that ch- teaches you how to basically use all the technology at your disposal and the internet to test your product, mm-hmm. to create yeah. a minimum viable product, to, to know who your customers are and things that artists don't necessarily want to think about that they may think is, you know, really the antithesis of making art. But mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is you need money to make art mm-hmm. right. and, and people are willing to pay for things that they, that they want. Mm-hmm. And that's the new culture, the crowdfunding culture and, and soon with the jobs act, yeah. you know, they'll be able to, the public will be able to invest in our project. There some the gatekeeper is a, in a, a different position yeah. than yeah. usual. So this is going to be an awesome course. We're really excited. We're coming out with it in like a month. Are you going to do awesome. it on General Assembly or like, or is it some, something that you can subscribe to? That's so funny. To? I'm talking to General Assembly mm-hmm. next week mm-hmm. and those guys are Yaleys. They, mm-hmm. They're, I think, a few years behind me, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm an elder. But they, <laughs> literally, I was filming them for an episode of A Total Disruption mm-hmm. like a week ago in right. New York and I was running late from wherever the heck I was before that um, and I rolled in there and I and and they were running out because it was like Friday night or something and I didn't realize that Matthew Brimer was such a big fan of We Live in Public mm-hmm. but he was or was it Dig one of my films he just he got out of the elevator and he's just like oh, oh I have to be in her movie no I, I'll miss the train <laughs> and like got back That's in the awesome. elevator it was awesome yeah. and so then I thought about it I thought well that'd be interesting and this is this is what I wanted to say. You know, you got to form alliances these days. Yeah. You find like-minded people. We all have a niche that we appeal to, or many, and we find we make connections, mm-hmm. and they're really much more genuine mm-hmm. than they used to be, because it used to be all funneled through this one, you know, top. Right. You know, you're trying to get that record deal. You're trying to get that distribution deal. Now we can decide. Tamika and I fall in love during this radio session and off oh, we what go. What about me? Well, Chris, we're going to, you know, be your major, we're going to be your major competitor soon. No, I'm kidding. I'm just saying like we could all decide yeah. to go do something together and we could mm-hmm. do that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it's like it's such a free and amazing time, but the but the result is we're all super slam busy because we've made these alliances, you know, like now I'll have probably a very fruitful conversation with General Assembly and we'll decide to do this initiative together. Right. And then I'll have another thing on my plate that I need to create. Well, it's also kind of a result happen. of that, you know, the 
idea of living in public, right? I think I can get to know Tamika a lot better. Like we literally haven't talked in probably a year yeah, plus, yeah. Um, but because we're Facebook friends, it's like I still feel connected, right? We picked up right where we left off. Same, I, we met at Summit Series, right? And I can pay attention to, you know, the things that you're up to. And Did you guys when you know, t- no, nah, it was last September. I forget. I went to the year. summer thing. Did you guys? Go yeah, last yeah. Year? Did you With go the, to the summer the camping thing? and all that? Yes, stuff? I did. Yes. I didn't I get did. there. I'm not cool. <laughs> you're cool I'm kidding that's I, a cool vest by the way I have a bunch of friends that went well you Sorry. can breathe better than the rest of us because we were all, it was pretty <laughs> dusty up there <laughs> and I, I have asthma and it's it's not good I didn't have to derail you but I just summit I was like ooh, ooh, ooh. Like, no but the, but the whole summit's point is like there's a whole thing there's a whole subculture there yes like, exactly the summit and the this and the Elliot, that Elliot you still have your invitation out there um, Hatch I know Hatch is amazing have yes. you been to Hatch yet? no I haven't but I've you heard of it come to Hatch Yes, it's by invitation, but I'll work on it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. You're welcome. I love the show. So you know, <laughs> so, so many great blessings have come this way. I'm writing it down in really big. Um, notes. you heard that, Anthony? Right? You, okay, we are recording. You should have Yaro, who founded Hatch, on the show. I would love to. Okay, Yaro, it is. Wow, okay. Yaro, Elliot, everybody's coming. Tamika's here. Yeah, I'm gonna come. Anthony's yeah. I'm gonna here. I'm just show up at Hatch. Like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my vest. Yeah. It, you, you know what? It's in Big Sky, Montana. <laughs> so if you show up, they'll definitely take you in because it's. So out of the truck stop. So on the other side of like these genuine connections you can develop, right? There was also sort of this discon like the, I don't know, like sort of a disconnect, right? I don't know if anybody saw the movie Her, right? Yes. Where yes. And it's, it's on my mantle. I've only seen nine minutes because my son and, and another boy were in the room and I was like, Okay yes. by nine minutes I'm like close the <laughs> like, Oh, I didn't know they were gonna do that. Right. Was so, it the dead cat <clears throat> scene? Uh, I haven't been no, it was just him talking to double wide, talking to the yes. woman like yeah, lying yeah, back yeah. and I was just like, This is yeah, yeah. get up to the cat. Yeah, okay. I'm not All a right. cat yet, but, but for everybody was, out there, it's now ruined. There's a dead cat, apparently. <laughs> it's not ruined, trust me. Um, it is equally surprising, no matter how many people have told you about it. Um, but no, uh, the, the the social commentary part of that film, for me, was also like the human disconnect, right? And this, connect, this really in-depth connection with a device. And there's like a barrier, right? It's like a, a, a thin, opaque layer between us because, and if, if you look at how the film is shot, even in the first nine minutes, people are walking around and, and there's very little eye contact. There's very little person to person interaction. Um, you know, I don't know if you covered that sort of uh, social piece in We Live in Public, but it, oh, I, yes. I would love I would love for very you to, much. to kind of expound on my, oh, uh, my yes. blatherings. Oh, yes, there's very much a dark side, and that's that's a part of it is that we, you know, and we live in public. There's a bunker, and 150 people move in and live mm-hmm. under constant surveillance, and it's true. It literally happened, and there were 110 surveillance cameras through the space, and everybody had their own TV channel and their own feed. Right. And uh, and they would strive. The idea was to watch how they strive to one up each other um, yeah. with their feed, and they would sign you know waivers and and fill out five hundred very personal questions and put on uniforms and live in a you know in a in a in a pod in, with the air quality very much undetermined uh, bad. Um, because there was an acetone leak, some yeah. sculpture that we were making before they even came. There was a geodesic dome shower. There was a firing range with automatic weapons. Um, all of this was 20 blocks from the courthouse in, in Tribeca, right on Broadway <laughs> between Franklin and Leonard. And uh, they came streaming in. There was not even, you know, there was no paucity of, of population right. there. And, and they were ready to risk their lives, basically, and give up their freedom 
and be interrogated right. and all this stuff just to have their lives matter right then at the turn of the millennium. And it was it portended this time, this time where we need we will just sign over terms and conditions yeah. that we've not read. Those terms and conditions. It's like millions wanna, and millions of hours of unread terms and conditions and well, privacy policies. There's a movie called Terms and Conditions May Apply that's really worth watching. Um, although, what the heck do you do about it? I mean, exactly. what you do is what I said, at, and I did the voiceover for We Live in Public, which I never do for my movies, but my team kind of uh, right. ganged up on me, made me do it. But um, and I tried to drag you down in the bunker and. <laughs> you know, that was 10, 10 years in the right. making. We live in public and 5,000 hours of footage. So the bunker was in 1999 and the film premiered in 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only way that I was able to finish the film was when I realized the first f- Facebook post and it said, I'm driving west on the freeway posted two hours ago. And I thought, am I late for a meeting in Santa Monica? And then I was like, wait a second, that guy's just announcing that he got on the freeway mm-hmm. and he's going to Santa Monica. And then right. people, I thought, well, who cares? Why is he saying that? You know? yeah. And then there were these comments like, awesome, see you there, or come by this cafe. And I thought, oh my God, I'm in the bunker. Like I can make this movie now. Like it's all right. true. So that's that's what motivated us to finish the film. Um, you said something really interesting about people wanting to matter, right? And the internet and, and social media gives people that platform to matter, right? Like, No, to feel that they matter. Or to feel like they matter, to, to feel like there's there's an audience, to feel like there's someone there's someone out there who's listening who thinks that they're important. And At any time, day or night, right. 24-7, and there's like it replaces the church. You know, you don't have to dress a certain way. You don't have to look a certain way. You can show up anytime. There'll be people there. Right, but are they really there? I mean, exactly. are you alone? and are you really there? Right, and are you really there? Because I, I think or are you phoning it in. And I literally. think a lot of people will like. There's a there's a persona like either everybody's happy like you know I had a terrible morning this morning right and but I didn't I didn't Facebook it right my last Facebook post was something silly and you know so when people run into me that you know like she and I haven't seen each other you don't really know what's going on behind the scenes right you, you know what I choose to put out. Um, and that was my advice to people was what you just did, which yeah. is, you know, it's a construct of reality. But the fact is, once you put it out there, it's never yours to make private again. Right. So if you want to, sh- you know, s- spill your heart out about your terrible morning on online, everybody's going to walk up to you all day long, even when you feel better and say, I'm so sorry. You know? yeah, exactly. And you're going to really regret that you did that. <laughs> I'd but never even, put like, you know, bad news but out But even there. back towards her, right? You were talking about all of this disconnection. Mm-hmm. The guy's job was to write love letters for people. Exactly. People who could not write, like, I'm we're in a relationship, I'm gonna write, I'm gonna pay someone to write my love letter to you. How much more disconnected from your humanity can you be? And I think, I think that's the place that we're sort of starting to get to. Um, have you read uh, The Circle? No. It's by Dave Eggers. It's, this, it's a really insane book, and it sort of talks about this, this convergence of like Facebook and Twitter and imagine um, let's say Google buys Twitter and Facebook and then Amazon buys all of them and now there's this one giant company that controls all of our data you literally uh, there's that there's one point where this girl she the the main character um, she st- goes to work for this m- amazing company and she goes to take like a um, a health a health exam they give her a chip they put a chip in her body that then starts to monitor how she's feeling how she's thinking are they giving her too much work like and it sends them wow. continuous feedback continuous feedback like it's so it's 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 literally this horrifying vision of the future where we are all connected at all times and we're all sort of life casting and uh and and 
it felt really uncomfortable. I went to CES a couple of weeks ago, yeah. and there were these two these two products. One was called Narrative, and it's a little camera. Oh yeah, it's no, this big. It every thirty seconds shoots a, shoots a um, a photo every thirty seconds, and then uploads uploads it to a private server. <laughs> if I want to make that server public now, someone can literally see what I have done every minute of every day of my life. Do I need to live cast? Do we all need to be, do we need to create that much content and put it out there so that we can be connected? You know what's funny is um, from a, just it's just a strange, just dawned on me. I, I've spent my whole life documenting, you know, or mm -hmm. since 19, since 19 years old, right. I picked up a camera and I never stopped. And for <clears throat> my 20s, I never dropped the camera. I filmed everything, mm -hmm. yeah. you know? So I'm very much, I mean, I, I like the sound of that camera because, but it's just funny that the the world has come around to where the, the psychosis that I had in the first place, you know what I mean? I, right. I, Which I was what? Like just what? constant documenting, you know, like yes. documenting But why? Everything. Like what, what, what was it that made you go? I, I think life I is so amazing. Mm -hmm. I, I wanted to record the serendipity of life and recreate it for people. I, right. I felt like people weren't watching documentaries because they thought they were like eating spinach or reading mm -hmm. history books, like too educational to be entertaining. Right. So I wanted to make them suspense-driven narratives. I felt that um, what we were missing was that what's going to happen next, that kind of lose yourself into the story. Right. Um, and I and I I felt like we, you know, the the. It, I wasn't interested. And well, there's, a, there's a line between good information and good storytelling, right? Like, and I think you've been on the on the ladder <laughs> for the, the, one of the things I wanted to ask you. Just when I when I look at Wikipedia or just you know Google you and I, I see MoMA, I see Bill Clinton, I see you know this roster of accomplishment. What def, what defines excellence from Andy Timoner's point of view? Um, for me, wow. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, right now I've turned my camera uh, towards a woman named Amanda Palmer. Mm -hmm. um, do you know who she I is? Don't. She had the biggest Kickstarter in music history. Okay. $1.2 million she raised for a record and got a lot of flack for it. You know, why do you need $1.2 million for a record? She said, but that, this isn't just a record. I'm giving out art books. I'm doing house parties for $5,000. She shows up and plays at your house. You know, it's an alternative way of, of making a career mm -hmm. right. and she has a fan base that is so dedicated to her and to each other that have found who they are and their community through her work and in an interaction with her work. So I'm making right now, she's the star of a series called CEA chief executive artist on a total disruption.com. Right. And I'm looking to expand that into a feature length film called 1 million misfits, hmm. which is about her Twitter following to me. Um, when I think about your, you know, your question, what is success or to me and excellence? Mm -hmm. um, you know, she's married to Neil Gaiman, the author as well. I think about Amanda because I think about, um, you know, a, a flawed human being who wrote a poem to the Boston Bombers, who crowdsourced her musicians and got a lot of shit for it. Right. You know, who has inspired the ire of many people because she just trailblazes, and that idea of and you know, and I guess. Whatever I've done that's excellent or successful, I think follows that line. It's like to be dedicated to your vision, mm. to be true and authentic in the world, you know, to really be. Um, wow, somebody's on a total See? disruption. I hear my I hear my theme song. I'll do a Tinder moment and everything. I'm like, my father, <laughs> you know, my father founded an airline um, the year I was born. And uh, he was just an entrepreneur, right. is an entre well, was an entrepreneur, is still with us 
thank God. Um, but he had a massive stroke when I was nine. His neck was cracked during a massage. Ugh. And he lost, it was the fastest growing airline in the history of America. Wow. It's called Air Florida. And I grew up seeing him break every rule. He pushed deregulation through Congress. He introduced hot pants into the airline industry. And that catch me if you can sort of era. I'm actually right. And this airline's no longer around. Huh? It's not around. I but see hot pants on the closest plane. thing to it it's is good Southwest. Movie too, by the way. Southwest and that whole yes. attitude. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. we get on the plane, like <clears throat> Governor Graham of then Governor Senator Graham of Florida, when he was running, went on the plane and handed out graham crackers and like, you know, <laughs> when he won the route to London right. through petitions, he had yeah. a marching band, meet everybody at the airport and he had, you know, Rolls Royce take everybody for passengers, you know, it from Gatwick into yep. London because it was too long a drive. He felt like he just did everything with flair. Right. And um and I feel like I really have inherited that spirit. I, you know, I, I have known for my feature films, but I've tried to create a total disruption to create a vision of what we artists need to do, well, how we a- need to picture our our our, our documentaries as sustainable businesses. Mm-hmm. We need to create a way to generate revenue while we're making the work. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I think is excellent. I mean, yeah. if you want to say what I'm doing right now that's excellent – I think it's like I'm taking a risk, a big risk. I've bootstrapped it. Yep. You know, we raised a bunch of money. We had 150% funded Kickstarter last year. We blew through that money. We raised a bunch more for branded content. Now we've got to try to get real investment because we're out of money again. And we're building a platform where all of my data, all my video will be searchable down to the word. So the 56% of Americans who have started their own small business and mm-hmm. want to do it better, smarter together – and the other, the rest who are starting businesses mm-hmm. this year, and the rest want to be artists, right? So right. Like most of America is either starting their own business, getting fired because they've been replaced by a robot, and now they have a chance to pursue their right. dreams for the first time. They need something like this where they can go on there and search for anything they want. How do I name my business? And they can hear from Kevin Systrom from Instagram yeah. and mm-hmm. Jack Dorsey from Twitter and, you know. On how they name these companies, yep. Tony Shea. How did how did Zappos' name come to be? Or they can find out how to test a product or whatever. And um, that's actually a heavy piece of technology that we're building. But once that platform is built, because it's never existed before, it is. It will be a total disruption. It will be a total disruption. Complete and you, dis- and, <laughs> disruption. And, it, and everyone will put their footage on there. Or right. Build their own. You know, because it'll be open source. And we're working with Matt Mullenweg, who who founded, um, you know, and created Six WordPress. Right. Yeah. And Alexis Ohanian, who founded Reddit as our chief strategy advisor, and Eric Reese is a content advisor. And, you know, well, we're working with the right people to was, do this. It's was a revolution. That, was that your goal when you created A Total Disruption? Or did you just want to tell these stories, right? And I, I think you have this interesting perspective where you look at any creator as an artist, right? If you create a business and you're, you're you know, awesome at it and you knock it out of the park, I, you know, I can't paint or pick up a brush to save my life. I can't pick up a camera. I can't edit, you know, but I feel like... It, my spirit comes through in certain things that I'm really good at. Mm-hmm. So when you talk to, uh, I forget the guy's name who started SoundCloud. He was also at Summit. That's Alex. Cool. Yes. I met you him know. at Summit. Yeah, yeah. Thank so, you, Summit. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> Elliot. Um, but no, it, 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 I think there's this really interesting perspective. Was that what you set out to do was tell the story or did you set out to build a platform for inspiration and search and so on and so forth? It's I, You know, it's funny because I have always felt as a filmmaker, you nailed it, uh, that I'm a startup entrepreneur. <laughs> You know, and and I feel like we all are. Um, the difference is there's not that million billion dollar exit in the future. There's right. just a film that hopefully is going to travel around a little bit. And now with the internet, it might reach even more people right. or be pirated right away, which is fine. Also, for most of us artists, <laughs> we don't care. But like the thing is, now, um, it, it, you know, it's 
it's possible and important to constantly release your work as you're going. And right. I, that was the thing that made me think, well, wait a second. I don't think people have time for, you know, like when I started Dig, it was following two bands over seven years, you know, and, and it's following a story that I had no idea what would yeah. happen. I just followed these characters because I had a central question. Can art, can an artist maintain their integrity when they're doing business? That mm -hmm. was the question. It was really a question I was trying to answer for myself. Right. So I started with 10 bands, ended up with these two because they were, they had everything. They had this star-crossed love rivalry. It was like yeah. the real Amadeus, you know? And I was like, oh my God, what's going to happen? One was signing to Capitol. One kept destroying the record deals. Yep. It was amazing. And so I just kept going and it was stranger than anything I could have written. And then now fast forward to 10 years later, I started Total Disruption two years ago. So like eight years later, I'm looking at the scene again and I'm going – this is fine. And you know what? We've entered a golden age of documentary. Everything's cool. Now every, a lot of people are doing suspense-driven stuff. What's the mm -hmm. next step? And the next step is actually creating shorter pieces mm -hmm. because we don't have the attention span or the time anymore. And we have too much to choose from and too much of a embarrassment of riches of, of information and work that we want yeah. to view that we need to keep up on. We're, you know, we, all of us have a watch list and a read list and a bucket list of every kind of thing, you know, it's it, right. It's crazy. Yeah. So like we, as filmmakers need to get our ideas across, get that character across, reach into people's hearts and minds quickly. Really yes. fast, you know, like as if the opening of your film that you work on, I always work on my openings like crazy. The opening of the film is the film. Right. You know, like, bam, here's well, what, three minutes and well, what you're going to learn lose? this thing. What do you lose when you do that, right? Because, you know, you go from a 90 minute topic down to, you know, three, six minute bites or not even that in some cases. But I will make a film. I mean, I don't want to admit it. I'd like to not admit things to myself for a while. But <laughs> I mean, the thing is, my films that won Sundance and I have five or six feature length films that I've made, but the two that what one Sundance and are in the museum of modern art are both made seven years and 10 years in the making. Right. And I think there's no coincidence there. It's mm -hmm. like time provides a narrative that if I followed your life, yeah. It would be infinitely fascinating over True. the next five years or, or your life, <laughs> you know, anybody's life, you know, because we just can't even predict what's going to happen. And then when it's happening, we're like, why is this happening? And then when we look back, we think this is amazing. So if I, if I, I looked around at my colleagues because I know what they're doing because I'm doing BYOD and I yep. know what everybody's up to now. I used to be in my own shell, my own spaceship. <laughs> now I'm aware. Um, and because you can't be dumb on the internet, as you know. Yeah, it's true. So I'm, uh, so I'm looking around. I'm going, well, who's documenting the internet revolution? Because this is the greatest shift in the history of mankind. Mm -hmm. Someone's got to document it. Oh, wait. I'm the right person to document it because yeah. I know all these people and they love – we live in public anyway up in Silicon Valley and – you know, uh, that'll yeah. get me in the door. And then it's been a, like a war of attrition. You know, it's like a great interview then leads to five more because they recommend me to the next people. Yeah. I thought, let me document the people that are driving this great change. And then I will document the old guard that's falling. And then I will document the white matter that's happening on right. our brains. And I will get to the her aspect of the disconnect of the screens and the negative side probably for a feature film. Right. But mm -hmm. in the meantime, for these shorts, let me keep it real and positive, you mm -hmm. know, and let me share the inspiration, the DIY attitude and humanize technology and make it more accessible so that the masses that are losing their jobs right. and having to transition can see that they can actually find those people down the street to sell their ba their pumpkin pies to now. Right. You know no, it's mean? interesting because I think we look at some of <laughs> some of these people as special, right? And you go like, oh, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, special. You know, totally or, normal, totally <laughs> like totally normal dude. And and all artists need to realize that those other guys are artists too, like you said. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a it, there's an artistry to it, and it's called surfing. 
right. you figure out, right? You're like, yeah. oh, whoa, the wave switched direction and then you've got to switch. It's like, I call it life surfing. You know? yeah. The better you are at that and embracing change and being nimble and being quick, the more likely you are to succeed. Yeah. The question I have though is, is as we, as the, as the jobs are shifting and as everyone is becoming more entrepreneurial, is there space for everyone to be a content creator? And if so, is there space for everyone to monetize themselves as a content creator? I don't think everybody wants to be a content creator. And I think that, you know, talking to the Sundance programmers this year, I think they had 1,700 submissions and they chose 120 films. Yeah. So that's a, they had a 1%. Acceptance rate. Acceptance rate, yeah. yeah. It, it's like there will be more content creators mm-hmm. because now if you're born in a trailer park, you can still make a movie. Yeah. Um, and that's great. Yeah. But if you don't make a good movie. No pun intended, by the way. Trailer park movie trailer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but you know what I mean, right? <laughs> like you, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it is a more even playing field, mm-hmm. but there's not, there's only still that, well, that still, handful of well, great storytellers. You know what I mean? I think, I think that's true too. I, you know, I think in, it, I think the, the math hasn't changed, right? Mm-hmm. The, just the, the, um, the ability to see the math being take place, right? Is you, Cause you've got all this stuff in the middle and a lot on the bottom and you still have the ones, the best ones that are rising to the top, right? And that model hasn't changed. It's just a broader spectrum of stuff to sift through. So when you look at like the billion users on YouTube, right? And you look at the, the, the small percentage that are tens of millions of views monthly, it's it's a super small percentage. It's not. Yeah, but you not. know what? My my son watches you know Minecraft videos on YouTube that have eighty million times the views that my total disruption stuff yes. has. You know, so my egghead sort of you can do this. You know, let's share and get smarter faster together, and you know, let's humanize tech. And isn't you know isn't uh, Jack Dorsey cool? Check it out. You can be him. Right. I think that's the cat's meow, but really, cats peeing in trees and like playing piano is going to go a lot further. You, <laughs> I was know saying, I mean? like we, you know, there was we had a guest re- recently who also just said like YouTube is kind of celebrating mediocrity, especially when it comes to yeah. storytelling. Um, well, as it's we, just niche audiences that are obsessive will embrace yes. and share, you know. But it doesn't mean that the rest of us who are making really good content should. Stop making that content. No, not at Those all. views, yeah. they may be less, but they're extremely important. They may be more impactful. You know, you're to also talking about lives. one platform, right? Like, you know, you're not going to show nine times out of ten. There's a, a rare place where you can go and show a Minecraft video to an audience in the theater, <laughs> and and they walk away inspired, right? But you know, I, I, I spent some time with a company called Machinima, and you know, when you look at Minecraft creators and the how it inspires other you know your son to like I want to be that you know Sky does Minecraft right he wants to, he wants to be that individual um, and then kind of put a piece of you in him as well in terms of you know the the higher level of excellence and things like that um, as we start to close I wanted to um, the show's called Innovation Crush as you as you know right everybody knows it I mean we all Anthony you know that? crush it <laughs> you crush yes you definitely crush it I wanted to ask you what is your current innovation crush like what is what is something out there that you see that's kind of like you know amazing or inspirational to you as a as a creator um, or just a phenomena in in the in the world. Uh, I'm really interested in in the disruption of education. Mm. I, I really feel like it's a it's something that has been and just the disruption of legal 
as well. I feel like these are these are areas that have just yeah. been hiding behind smoke and mirrors. They've been, you know, we know all this and you're going to pay us this amount of money and we're going to give you this degree. And yeah. it's it's something that, you know, I'm an Ivy League educated human who was cum laude and I was into it. I loved it. You know, yeah. I love my schooling, but I didn't actually write papers. I made films instead of write papers. And right. I made them at a public access station because Yale didn't have any f- film ability, whatever. Um, and I didn't go to film school. And I feel like the disruption of education is something – most people aren't as lucky as I was to have gotten to go to that school. And, yeah. and they're waiting for a seat for an algebra class uh, for three years on a waiting list and for a community college. And they could be taking that course from the greatest professor on earth and getting credit for it yep. in a massive open online course or mm-hmm. a MOOC. Mm-hmm. And they could be using a digital textbook. What a MOOC. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a digital textbook, um, you know, that uh, there's a a foundation that we did a piece about on a total disruption you should check out called uh, 20 Million Minds Foundation. Hmm. And uh, they make digital textbooks. So what they're doing is um, they're they're taking all the 101 courses and putting them in waterproof readers, you know, and it's $60 for the reader. And then you're done instead of the $700 per semester that the average student pay, you know. You notice at these colleges, they're surrounded by, you know, $1 Jack in the Box and Burger King with a dollar Whopper or whatever because the kids can't even eat because they can't afford to eat well because they're busy trying to get through school, work a job and pay for these textbooks, which are outdated from the minute they're printed. Mm -hmm. You know, they're already outdated because we already have new information coming from the Internet. Mm -hmm. So these digital textbooks are like uh, DJ textbooks, like mix and match, rip and burn change it all as it goes. Books Different by Dre. professors can do it. <laughs> God forbid. <laughs> <laughs> We're not too far off. But, but you know what I mean? Yeah. So I love that and I love Nolan Bushnell who founded Atari. Yes. He has mm-hmm. a new company called Brain Rush. I just interviewed him. We're yep. going to have a piece coming out real soon He's on awesome. that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very interested in in seeing how that all happens. There's a new film, a documentary you should check out called Ivory Tower made by Andrew Rossi. Um, and uh, we just covered it on BYOD. It's also about this and really looking at when we can get accreditation for anything we take, uh, wherever we take it, suddenly you're going to be able to hire people that have 17 different courses that fit that particular job you're looking for instead of that blanket, I got a BA. And let's figure it out. You know, so it's all changing and there's really beautiful aspects to look at. I'm just excited to be alive in this day and age and documenting it. Um, Last thing before you go. Uh, I'm out of here. Deep breath. Oh, you're going to, you just, no, just going to, all of a sudden, rip your mic off. Uh, <laughs> it's happened before. Um, no, no, it hasn't. Well, Anthony did it once. Um, finish this phrase for me. Innovation to me is. Innovation to me is seeing where something can be better and figuring out how to make it better and then executing on that. Um, I could probably say it in less words if you gave me a second but no no edits here remember no, <laughs> no that was great no I get it though it's, innovation you're absolutely right. is essential and innovation is possible and my favorite phrase these days is innovate your independence innovate mm. your independence oh, I, I like that, that. I totally no, that like will be that. twittered I'm still, like, <laughs> that's what a total that. disruption is all about nice empowering people to innovate their independence so how can people find you and find your work and you know oh, what's your you. cell phone number and uh, license plate and all that good stuff well 697 <laughs> just call um, so I, sultry yeah 
my voice. <laughs> uh, my Twitter handle is is a good spot. It's at Andy Timoner. And uh, I put out all my BYODs, all my ATD releases there. You should subscribe to a totaldisruption.com right. to get smarter um, and just get your little dose every 10 days of something that'll inspire you. I will do that. And then uh, at Total Disruption, not at a Total Disruption, but at Total Disruption on Twitter. And then, um, yeah, a bunch of fan pages, whatever. You can find me on Facebook and LinkedIn, all those fun places. Lengthy, exciting Wikipedia page is out there. Uh, yeah, I've actually, that's a funny one. <laughs> you have to check that once in a while. You yeah, know, no, I check you do. It like You're every like... year I go, uh-oh, because one time somebody put some funky middle name for me in there, like Schlossabasser or something as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have to keep an eye on that thing. Yeah, that was me. But, um, but yeah, um, I'll see you on the internet. Yes, on you the know? internet. We will connect and be alone simultaneously. Um, but, but I really Sad do. And exciting I, I agree at the same time. with you that we should all try to connect in our physical spaces. And I really do like those sites and those platforms that allow us to do that. Like Innovation Crush. Like Innovation you Crush. You got to come here. I got to and come thanks down for making here. a trek, by the way, across the <laughs> thanks, well, clear, you know. It's a wonderful office you have, but it's down by the airport. <laughs> and I really. Well, you, you always, got, you always have some place to go, so you can stop by anytime. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I do come by a lot. Actually, I do roll right by your office exactly. all the time. Exactly. There you go. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much, Andy Timoner. I'm too bad you didn't correct me the other times I said your name. Um, and Tamika, thank you for joining us as well. Anthony, thank, thank you, you for, having for me. All your, your hard work and service. Thank you um, very much. We'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. If you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger, Slicing I've been friends with her for 10 years. One of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore. Because it's here. And it's funny. And I love you. A few days ago, Brooke Tudine posted an inspirational quote on her wall that got 17 likes and three comments. Thumbs up, Brooke. Geico also wants to make a comment. In just 15 minutes, you could save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance by switching to Geico. And nothing says inspiration better than saving money. Well, except for those posters that say things like teamwork, excellence, and make it happen. Hashtag keep climbing. Hashtag savings. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.